Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stiltzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Chris Ducker, and we'll explore personal branding, and we're going to zoom in on how to create and market yourself, your own brand. And whether you work for yourself or you work for a company, you will find value in today's show. By the way, want to reach me? Email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. It comes right to my inbox. Let's now transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool tool for mobile that is called Snow. And no, it has nothing to do with weather. It's actually a selfie app. Snow? Okay. <laughs> uh, first question, is it spelled like it sounds? <laughs> it's spelled exactly like the weather. Okay, S-N-O-W. So that's the strangest name I've ever heard for a selfie app. Tell me more. Yes. Well, so, so here's the cool thing. You may be thinking, man, really? Yet another selfie app? But this one kind of blows a bunch of other ones away for what it can do. So... First off, it can do that facial recognition stuff that, uh, you know, Snapchat first kind of originated that we were seeing inside the app. So you can do it with multiple people. You can pick different faces, different, uh, you know, augmented reality type stuff that's on your face and it tracks with that. You can record, um, you know, Instagram story, vertical videos, square videos with those as well, or just stills, throw stickers on it, all that kind of stuff. Other thing you can do, and this is one I haven't seen anywhere, is do analog filters. So you can select different types of cameras or video camera filters, and it will make it look like that. So one of the ones they give as an example is VHS. And so it does the whole uh, America's Funniest Home Videos down in the lower hand corner, like shows the funny, uh, you know, like the um, the date and the time stamp on it kind of thing and then the video is a little bit blurry like it's being shot on a handheld vhs camera from back in the day hmm. so that's pretty interesting as well so what so. help me understand like why what's the i mean like sounds like what i hear you saying is this some sort of a, is this like an augmented reality kind of thing or what what is this exactly because i'm it, trying to it, understand yeah. why anybody would want to use this well, think of it as yet another tool for the stories or video content uh, producer on your mobile, being able to create you know, fun stories. And when we say stories, we're talking about like Facebook stories, Instagram stories, that type of content. And it's just got some of those tools that you don't find in any of those other apps. The other apps are all honestly very much geared towards, I don't know, um, photo editing and you know, capturing you in weird places, this is adding weirdness or creativity to you as your fa- you know, augmenting your face with smiley faces or the face swap type stuff. It's it's more of a creator app. Interesting. And how do we find this app? It's easy to find. It's actually snow.me. Snow.me. 
Yeah, and okay. it's and it's actually available for iOS and for Android. Um, interestingly enough, the word "snow" is in all caps, so I'm wondering if this is some sort of an acronym. Do you have any concept behind that, if whether it is or not? No, I haven't seen that. It's and in other articles where I was looking up more about it, it they actually didn't have it in all caps. So, yeah, I'm on their website and it's snow s n o w in all caps. And it says since it's launched in September 2015, it's had more than 100 million subscribers. So that's pretty substantial. Uh, and it sounds like it's mostly used in the Asian marketplace, including yeah. Korea, Japan, and Taiwan. Yeah, it's really big over in that area. Very fascinating. And it, this is available for just iOS or? iOS and Android. Awesome. All right, Eric, thank you so much for that brand new discovery. You're welcome. And now for today's interview with Chris Ducker. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Chris Ducker. If you don't know who Chris is, he's the author of The Rise of the Youpreneur. He's also host of the Youpreneur podcast and founder of the Youpreneur Summit. Notice a pattern? He's also a serial entrepreneur who owns four businesses that employ more than 450 people. Chris, welcome back to the show. It's great to, to be with me here. Uh, it's, it's brilliant to <laughs> it's be great back to be with, with you, yourself. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's, it's great to be with myself. No, it's, it's great to be back on the show. It truly is. You, make, you. Me, you make me sound like I should have like T-shirts with you, but no, written on. Hang on, wait a minute. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Branding this, is, this is perfect because what we're going to talk about today, Chris and I are going to explore personal branding. And I want everybody to listen to this because whether you work for someone else or you work for yourself, there's still personal branding that you need to be thinking about. So before we get into all this stuff, Chris, let's get into the DeLorean and let's go back in time a little bit. I want to know how in the world you got into this personal branding thing. Start wherever you want to start. Yeah, well, quite by accident, actually. So, I mean, I'm very much an old school entrepreneur, right? I'm quite traditional. I'm quite kind of stuck in the mud and all that sort of type of thing. I mean, up until probably around about 2008 or so, the only reason I even used the internet was just literally for email and watching videos on YouTube. That was literally it. Um, yeah, yes, I had businesses up and running. Yes, we had websites for them, but they were very kind of boring, stuffy brochure type websites, right? Um, and I... You know, as we built out our businesses, in something something very very big happened in my life in late 2009. I burnt out, like a lot of entrepreneurs do. Uh, and so, what happened was in 2010, we put this goal in place, my wife and I, to do whatever we needed to do to ultimately remove myself from the businesses as much as possible from a day to day perspective. And so, 2010 became what we called the virtual CEO year where I did exactly that. In fact, actually, by the end of October, I was no longer working in the office. I cut back to four days a week instead of five. We'd hired eight people to fundamentally replace me and uh, everything was much, much better. But something even more exciting was that through the course of that year, that 2010 year, I started podcasting. I started blogging. I started shooting videos. Um, I picked up a copy of Gary Vaynerchuk's book, Crush It!, devoured it in two hours. And I was like, this is the way to build the business going forward. And so what happened was by the end of that year, I had you know, created this email list of probably around about 5,000 or so people at the time, um, which it, it might sound like a lot, 
But eight, nine years ago, it was actually a lot easier to build your email list than what it is now if you were offering great, valuable content, which I was. And so, um, you know, all these podcast listeners and everything, and people were were genuinely tuning in to the Chris Ducker show. And uh, that was kind of how it all began. But the big realization for me was actually a couple of years later when I had back surgery uh, and, and I was kind of in recovery mode for a couple of months after that. And I really started to take stock in terms of like how the business were, you know, they were actually growing, where they were growing, what we were doing to build them, what were we doing to land new clients, et cetera, et cetera. And I noticed actually very clearly that on all of our big acquisitions from a business perspective, people were doing business with me first before they were doing businesses or, or business rather with my companies or, or our firms. And so that was where the personal brand and chrisducker.com was born and all that sort of stuff. So it's, uh, it's and fast it, forward know, to it, this youpreneur describe where yeah. that name came from and what that means in a simple way as possible. Sure. So, I mean, so because the personal brand was in place, I started to, I guess, probably naturally, you know, kind of attract people, right. That were of the same mindset that were wanting to build a personal brand. And, you know, I noticed people like speakers and, you know, content creators and authors and coaches and consultants, anybody really building a business based around them, their expertise, particularly, and their personality in a lot of cases, you know, YouTubers, live streamers now, you know, all this sort of stuff. So that's what a youpreneur is. A youpreneur is somebody who's building a business based around them and what they stand for, what they're all about, what they want to be known for, and the people that they want to serve. And so that that launched in 2015 as an online community. Uh, and, uh, you know, it continues to grow now. We fast forward. The book comes about. The Youpreneur Summit comes about. We did the inaugural event last year in London. It sold out four months before the event took place. It was a huge success. We're doing it again this year. And uh, this is it, man. I mean, like, you know you know me. I don't BS. Like, we've been friends for several years. When I say that this is what I'm going to do now as an entrepreneur for the rest of my career, I genuinely mean it. I am happier today as an entrepreneur than I ever have been in the 15 years of building businesses. And it's because of the youpreneurs that I work with, that that type of person, that kind of personal brand entrepreneur. Perfect. So let's get into this personal branding thing. Let's start by talking about why is personal branding important and what about if I actually work for a company that I don't mm, know? Good questions. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's handle the first part of that question first. So why is personal branding important? Well, look, personal branding is nothing new. It's been around for a long, 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 long time. Before it was even a thing, it was a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it, particularly like when I talk to a lot of my American friends, I dropped the name Zig Ziglar. Right. He was a personal brand. I mean, he was a walking, talking, you know, incredibly inspiring individual. I don't think, as even as an English guy who discovered Zig in his teens, uh, you know, uh, on an audio cassette of See You at the Top, um, I don't think a month goes by where I don't consume some sort of Zig Ziglar content in some way, shape, or form. And so, you know, what Zig did brilliantly was it was all about him, but it was all about his message. And it was all about how he could affect change in the people that, you know, uh, he would to come into contact with. And here we are now, all these years after his passing, we're still talking about Zig all the time. Some might call that legacy. I just call it 
leaving you know an incredibly strong stamp on the world because of an incredibly strong personality and personal brand. But most importantly, when you talk about somebody like Zig Ziglar, or if you talk about somebody like you know Sir Richard Branson, for example, who's obviously still with us, when they're not around and we're talking about these people of influence, quite frankly, their reputation is their brand. It's what we say about them when they're not in the room or when they're not at the conference or at that dinner party or at the conference or rather at that coffee meeting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So ultimately, that's why the personal brand is important. You ask yourself the question, how do you want to be talked about when you're not around? Right. That's your reputation. So that's why I believe personal branding is so, 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 so very important. And the second part of your question in regards to what if you work for a business? Well, it's even it's equally rather equally as uh, important because, you know, it can drive your career or it can end it very, very quickly. Yeah, I think about uh Two names that pop into my brain that our world is going to know. One of them is Frank Eliason, who worked for Comcast, and the other one was Scott mm-hmm. Monty, who worked for Ford Motor Company. And both of those people built huge personal brands underneath the bigger brand, which was the corporation that they worked for. And they were known for something, in Frank's case, customer service. In Scott's case, it was you know, social media in relationship to cars. And when they left those gigs, you know, that personal brand stayed with them. So that's something to think about as well. So what I'd like to transition now to spend the rest of this interview talking about is really how do we build it? So let's start with starting places. Like where should we start? For those of us, and by the way, there's plenty of people listening that might already kind of have a personal brand, but there's a lot of people listening that maybe want one and have no clue where to start. So let's start with, let's start with the most basic, like where do we start with this whole thing? Sure. Well, and, and even if you've even if you've got a brand, you can still take stock, right? Like it's a good idea to just sort of sit down and and look at these things on a regular basis. So you start with you. I mean, we call it the business of you in the book, right? So we start with you, and and ultimately defining who you really are and what you want to be known for. That's what it comes down to. So we we actually have an exercise in the book which is called the self awareness test, and um, it probably sounds way more impressive than it really is. But all you really need to do is get a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and we're going to create two columns. And that first column, you cr- you write down all the things that you're really really good at, the stuff that you really excel at, the stuff that you stand out at, that you're known for, that you know you can really you know over provide in regards to working for people or with people, and then on the second side of that page, you write down all the stuff that you struggle with. I call this the get real column. And this one may be not so easy, particularly for entrepreneurs to put together, because we like to think that we're brilliant at everything, right? So (laughs) that's, you know, like we're never wrong. (laughs) Funnily enough, for entrepreneurs, the left column is the easiest one to fill out, as you could probably imagine. Um, But on that, uh, that second one, though, is everything that you struggle with. And here's my whole deal. You just do less of that. Try and eradicate it as much as possible. Delegate it. Don't even bother with it at all within your business, within your role. And then focus on the stuff that you're really, really good at. That's what you'll be known for, right? So for for a perfect example, um, myself as a speaker, I love getting my hands dirty as a speaker. I want to get off of the stage. I want to walk around the crowd and I want to workshop with people. Can I 
Can I perform keynotes? Have I done so? Yes, I can. But I know it's not my really big strong point. I'd rather roll up my sleeves and get get involved in more of a workshop style session, right? Whereas I'll leave the keynoters to people like our, our you know, mutual, mutual friend, Pat Flynn, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that being very self-aware of what you're good at and what you're not so good at is, is number one key right at the beginning of all of it. Uh, and then that in itself will very nicely and very easily kind of flow into figuring out who you want to work with, who you want to serve, what type of things are you going to do, what kind of content are you going to create, what kind of problems can and will you solve for these people? And, uh, you know, that's right there. That at the very end, at the very beginning of it all, rather, is is where you start really focusing in on building that personal brand. What do you want to say to the person right now that says, well, I want to serve everyone? You can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't please all the people all the time. I mean, we all know of you know, the, the kind of the strategy of, of niching down. Right. Um, I, I mean, why, you know, I don't know, I don't know a lot about American football or NFL, as you guys call it over there. But what I do know is that, that you've got, I, I believe you have like a head coach and then you've got an offensive coach and a defensive coach. Correct me if I'm wrong. Here, Sounds right. But why? Right. Okay. So why do you have these individual, why can't the head coach do all the work? It's because he can't please all the people all the time. The, the, the defensive players will need to talk defense all the time. Offensive players will need to talk offense all the time. The head coach oversees everything. The analogy, a perfect analogy would be to, you know, to talk about building a house, right? You hire an architect who works with a head contractor who then subcontracts the plumbing, the electrics, the bricklaying, the roofing, and everything else out. You wouldn't get one person to do all that work. Otherwise, your house would just fall down. So you can't please all the people all the time. It's just not possible. And, and not only that, but actually you're creating a hell of a lot more work for yourself if you're trying to go too broad because your messaging is not going to be clear enough to attract the audience that you want to attract. I can uh, comment a little bit before Social Media Examiner. I was a relatively well-known writer in the, the, the niche of white papers. So what I did is I chose that niche. I said, I want to be the world's leading expert on writing white papers. And then I went even deeper by saying, I don't want to just write white papers for anyone. I don't want to write white papers for the United States, for the government. I don't want to write scientific or engineering, or um, you know, uh, you know, like chemistry kind of papers. Instead, mm-hmm. I want to write business white papers specifically in the technology world, and I went super narrow, and my business exploded because once I got Microsoft, then I got Hewlett Packard, then I got da da da, fill in the blank, and then all of a sudden yeah. I had them all lining up wanting to work with me, and I think there's something too you know, this niching down thing. And I don't think that people that aren't hardcore entrepreneurs really think that through because it's true when they say that the riches are in the niches and you do need to focus. And, um, in the beginning, you know, the idea of being like, even in social media, if I was the world's leading social media expert, I'm not the world leading anything in social, but man, I'm, I'm not social in general. I don't talk about like kids in social media. I don't talk about consumer social media stuff. I only talk about business, you know, and Mm. I only talk about Mm. business marketing. So, you know, there's a lot of advantages to niching down. So truly get it figured out. Um, 
All right. So yeah, and I love I love that story. Can I just interject? Yeah, go ahead. Like I, I I love that you tell that story for your listeners as well, because obviously they know you as Mike as the social media examiner CEO, right? right? And and the host of the event and all the rest of it. I think that's great for them to see the humble beginnings and and to understand that you know you were quite acutely aware even years and years and years ago um, that you know there was the right way to do this and the wrong way to do it. I it it, it honestly it frust it frustrates me incredibly when I know that an entrepreneur can do extremely well in one particular sector or one particular sub sector of a larger industry yet they're trying to go too broad and and then they're complaining that they're not growing right. fast enough or they're not making enough money or they're not making enough impact i'm like dude if you would just slow down and look at what you're doing clearly you'll be able to see that you can actually have you can affect more change and make more money and help more people by actually going after a slightly smaller market uh, you know another perfect example actually of this as it comes to mind is lego you know lego were on the brink they were literally on the brink of bankruptcy 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was, because they tried to do all this different stuff. But then a new CEO came on board, I think around 2005 or six or something, and turned around and said, hold on, this is getting silly. It's about the brick. It's about letting children play with these toys. Why are we doing everything from video games to this and that and blah, 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 blah. Let's just bring it back down to the brick. And now look at the company, <laughs> right? So, Absolutely. you know, just, just niching it down is never a bad thing. Never, never a bad thing. What do you want to say to someone right now who says, well, I want to be a Facebook expert, but there's already one. Her name is Mari Smith. Um, or I want to be a, you know, entrepreneurial podcaster, but there's already one and his name is Pat Flynn. So I've got to pick something else. I'm going to say that there are people out there that, will fall in love with you for who you are. Like our goal as content creators, as influencers, as thought leaders, or whatever you want to label yourself as, our goal is ultimately to become somebody's favorite. That's it. Somebody's favorite business podcaster or Facebook expert or whatever the case may be. That's our goal is to be so loved that everybody downloads all our content, that retweets it, that shares it on Facebook, that opens all our emails, clicks on our links, buys all our stuff, comes and visits us at book signings and when we're keynoting and all that stuff. That's our goal. And Mary is amazing and Pat is incredible. But the fact is that neither of those two people are going to be able to serve the entire world. And believe it or not, some people won't like Mary. I mean, like it's incredible to say that out loud, but some people, Mary will not be everybody's you know, perfect Facebook expert, somebody to fall in love with when it comes to Facebook. There's going to be other people out there that want something different. And that's the whole thing. And Sally Hogshead said this in one of her recent books where she said, you know, being different is actually better than being better. And I could not agree I love that. more. Yeah, I, it's probably one of the greatest quotes in the history of business in my mind, because particularly for a personal brand entrepreneur, because it you can't like, like I said, you can't please all the people all the time. Be different. Stand out. Be you, you know, be as unique as you possibly can be. And the right people will come your way. I, I call it marketing like a magnet. So you attract the best and repel the rest. 
So you're attracting all the people that are going to get you, love your vibe, want to be part of your tribe and all that fun stuff. And then at the very same time, you're repelling away the people that are going to be the pain in the butt clients that aren't going to share your stuff, that aren't going to truly appreciate you and all that kind of stuff. You don't need those people in your life. So you attract the best, repel the rest. A couple of quick things I want to say to this. First of all, do not get caught up. I agree with Chris completely. Do not get caught up in someone owns the space, therefore there's no room for me because that's just a lie. Mm -hmm. People come and people go. We see it all the time. You know, in my mastermind group this morning, I was talking to um, them about how in the world of uh, podcasting and in the world of blogging, there are thought leaders that have kind of just faded away and there's incredible opportunity for people to step in. And what's amazing is you do not have to be like those other people. You just have to be you. And Chris, we were talking before we went online, you know, I've been experimenting with my own personal brand doing this thing called The Journey. And I'm kind of now essentially showing the world that I'm just a flip-flops and and t-shirt CEO (laughs) who's quirky. And you know what? Right. I'm okay with that. And it turns out that not everybody is, but I don't care. <laughs> they no, love and it. And you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And they love those, it. Those who actually really appreciate everything that you do for the business world, they they shouldn't care whether you come dressed in the freaking thong to work. You know, <laughs> as long as you continue to do the great work that you do every single day. I remember, Mike, I don't know whether I told you this or not, but I remember the first time you and I had lunch together and I was in San Diego and we, we, we'd met before, but it was at the event. And then you said, hey, let's do lunch. Okay, great, let's do lunch. And, I, and you said, I'll come from the office, we'll do lunch, and then we'll go back to the office and I'll show you around. Okay, great. So I'm in the restaurant before you, you turn up, you walk in, and you are wearing literally a T-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops. And as you walk towards me, I turn around and I say, yes, this guy has it all worked out. <laughs> If he's going to the office dressed like that, this is the kind of dude that I want to become friends with. Did yeah. I ever mention that to you? I don't no, think I you did. never did. But what's here's what's, here's what's cool about this, folks. <laughs> Actually being you is a critical part of personal branding. And I think, Chris, you can piggyback on this. Don't try to be Gary Vaynerchuk if you're not Gary oh. Vaynerchuk, right? Don't try to be Pat Flynn if you're not Pat Flynn. Be you and you will attract people to you who appreciate you. What do you want Could to say? Could not agree Right. Oh, God. I, I mean, let's let's go down this rabbit hole. So, look, the, the world genuinely doesn't need nor can it handle another Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. Right. Gary's a friend and he's great, but we don't need any more Gary's. We, we genuinely don't. We don't need any more Tony Robbins. We, we actually don't need any more Mike's or Chris's either, for that matter. Right. We want actually to just people to do their own thing. That's genuinely what we want people to do. Let's move this conversation from how to get started with personal branding over to actually what, how do we market ourselves? Because I think this is an area where a lot of people are going to struggle, which is how do I kind of, if I am the brand and part of, uh, part of, you know, my brand is to evangelize and market myself. How in the world do I do that? Because I think this is an area a lot of people are struggling with. Well, look, we, we live in a world nowadays where this is easier than ever, yet people are still struggling. They're still struggling. And there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, they procrastinate. 
and for whatever reason they think that their youtube videos have to be perfectly lit and in a gorgeous location and fantastic audio and all the rest of it it's not the case um they they might think that you know they can't share or they should not be sharing personal things on social media because you know it's public uh, a lot of procrastination goes on here a hell of a lot of procrastination the the flip side of that coin in terms of why they're not getting started is actually fear it's fear of rejection. It's fear of not being liked. It's fear of, um, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, what do they call them? Um, Trolls. Uh, trolling them. Yeah, yeah, trolling them, right? Uh, and, I, and actually, you know, I, I, this, this will happen to all of us. Right? Like the more influential you become, the more content you publish and put out into the world, the more idiots are going to look at it. Right. As well as all the phenomenal, amazing people that are out there, you're always going to get the odd idiot on YouTube that wants to comment with a stupid comment. But you've got to have thick skin, particularly if you're building a personal brand and a genuine business around it, then you better have thick skin because you can't please all the people all the time, as I've said a couple of times now. And there's going to be people out there that for whatever reason just don't like you. I had one guy say once that my chin was bigger than my forehead. And I'm like, how is that even, you know, how from an from an anatomy perspective, how is that even possible, right? So, you know, you you just got to you just block people, you just delete people, you you just you get over it, plain and simple. So, first and foremost, don't procrastinate, don't be fearful, just get it out there and get going with it. And when it comes to spreading your message, like I said, we're in a place nowadays that we've never been in before with social, with blogs, with podcasts. I mean, in fact, there's an entire chapter in the book on how to get on other people's podcasts in a classy, non-sleazy, non-salesy kind of way where it's all about providing value and being a great, you know, a great guest. So wait, it, hold on a second. Hold on a second. So yes. is is what I hear you saying a good way to market yourself is to get on other people's podcasts? I think it's a great way. Talk to me about I mean, that. Why is that? Well, because if you think about it logically, right? You you've got, you know, I, I would have thought 50,000 odd people minimum downloading every single episode of this show when it goes out live. Um, I've got something that I can share of value, my experience, maybe my personality. I might make people laugh a little bit. I've got a new book I want to talk about. I go to my friend Mike and say, hey, Mike, I've got this value that I want to share with your audience. What do you think? Is it a good episode? You come back and say, yeah, let's tweak this, this, and this. We'll kind of you know shrink it down a little bit and let's go live with it. You are introducing me to your audience for the second time, I might add, in the history of your show, because you know I can help them in some way, shape, or form. When they tune into this show, they do so primarily because of you, the host, and because they know that when you bring people on, they're going to be high quality and provide high value. And so why wouldn't I want that endorsement from you, or from Pat Flynn, or John Lee Dumas, or Sean Stevenson, or Gary Vaynerchuk, or anyone else for that matter. When someone of influence puts you in front of their audience, it's like a stamp of approval, almost. And I think that is probably one of the most powerful uh, weapons in a personal brand entrepreneur's arsenal at this particular moment in time. You know, I with, with my first book, Virtual Freedom, I went on a very traditional book signing slash keynoting tour and it absolutely killed me i was on the road on and off for about 
eight months or so. I was in the US alone for six weeks in one stint at one point. Um, and when I was done with it, I said, you know, if I ever write another book, there's no way I'm doing that again. I don't care what the publisher says. It just ain't going to happen. This time around, I've launched the entire book from the comfort of my home here in the Philippines where I can spend time with my family every day because I focused on getting on as many great podcasts as I can and by providing great online content that can be shared and marketed. And so- Well, let me know, comment on that for a second, real learn. quick. Let mm. me comment on that because um, I think it's not just the stamp of approval of the host when you get on a podcast. It's also being able to share your message to a audience that does not know who you are, right? Because all of a sudden they're hearing from you, whoever's listening right now, and they're like, wow, this person actually knows what they're talking about. They're giving me value. They may recommend you to someone else. They might subscribe to your blog or your podcast or whatever other content that you have. And that is a very powerful way to essentially market yourself by simply providing value to others which I think is right. awesome. And, and that and that is, and it's a great point, and that is, you know, at the very incubus of what we do in terms of self-marketing ourselves, growing our circle, getting on people's shows, getting on people's stages when they hold events, being invited as a special guest on webinars, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That, you know, at the very core of what we do, we're only, we're only as good as the people that we keep company with, right? So I, I truly believe that relationships should be treasured they shouldn't be used. Um, I, I see way too much using taking place in our online business world. I don't like it. Like I'm sure you probably get 10 emails a week from people holding virtual summits that say, hey, Mike, I'm a big fan. Okay, then why have I never heard of you? First and <laughs> foremost, like I seriously, I get That's that. That's a good point. Literally. Right, literally weekly, Mike, weekly, at least one or two of these emails every single week. I'm a huge fan of your work, really, because you've never tweeted me to say, hey, great blog post, or you never shared one of my podcast episodes. So you know it's just blanket. We'd love you to be a guest on our virtual summit. Um, you know, there's just one thing that we'd need for you to be included in the lineup with all these other great experts um, is, uh, you, you must have an email list of at least 10,000 people and you must email them three times in one week. Like seriously, dude. So be careful really? about the opportunities you accept is what I hear you say. Very much so. Uh, clearly if you email me with one of those invitations, you're just going to get spammed. I don't even delete them. My staff are the, the staff that manage my inbox are told to spam block them because my staff's time is too busy for that sort of stuff as well. So there's that. But you know, one of my favorite ways to be able to really market ourselves is today. And it's all about social. And it's all about video right now. And that is showing the behind the scenes of what I'm doing. As I grow my business, as I meet my clients, as I hire my staff and train them, as I write my book, as I put together a live event, you know, all those things, you show the behind the scenes on Instagram Live or Instagram Stories or Snapchat or Twitter or whatever. Just show the behind the scenes. And that's why when you came out with the journey, I turned into like a 13-year-old schoolgirl for 15 seconds and jumped up and down and did little rah-rahs because I was like, this is great. Here's a guy who's running a multi-million dollar business that goes to work in flip-flops that's going to show the world exactly how 
S gets done, right? I'm keeping it PG here. <laughs> like I, I loved the idea of the journey when you came out with it. And when we spoke a few weeks ago, you said, have you been watching it? And I watched probably the first five or six episodes pretty much solidly. And then I got busy into, you know, book marketing mode and I skipped everything. But when we spoke, you turn around, oh, you've got to catch up. And I did. I play catch up. We binged, me and my wife, we binged one entire evening on everything. And now you're keeping me waiting for the next episode. <laughs> I don't like to wait, Mike, as you well know. So, you know, you've got me. Why? Because of the behind the scenes. When I see you say to one of your members of staff, we got to end this relationship and I'm not going to do it. You fire them. I love that. That's what CEOs do. <laughs> Bring that on. We need to see more of that right there. When I see you walking around the convention center and your staff are trying to tell you that you need to put something in this area here or you need to put that out in the corridor and you say, no, 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 no. This is what I vision. We're going to go ahead and do this, this, and this. That's a CEO getting S done. And so you're showing the behind the scenes. Your real fans, your real customers, those that really get you, are going to eat that stuff up like lunch. They're going to love you even more for it. And I'll guarantee, as we record this just before the event in San Diego, which I'm very excited about speaking at again, thank you again for the third invite to come back and be in front of your attendees. Um, I guarantee you that the one thing that people come up to you and mention on a regular basis throughout the course of that few days, the one thing that comes up over and over and over again is going to be the journey. I guarantee you it. If it's different, I'll buy you dinner. That's how confident <laughs> I am. And I know you're not a cheap dinner. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, I just want to like back up for a second and talk about some of the things Chris has, has been focusing on here. You don't have to like send people messages saying, I'm the best in the world. Instead, you need to create something of value. And we talked about how you can start yeah. with creating a podcast, right? Or showing up on other people's podcasts. You didn't mention this, but you could create written content or blogging. Well, you kind of did mention that. And then, but, but the, the thing that people are going nuts over right now is the video stuff. You know, the Instagram stories, which can be 10 or 15 seconds, the Snapchat, the dot, 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 you know, Facebook stories, these shorter consumable vertical videos, people are going nuts over that kind of stuff. And then the crazy, like high-end thing that you could do is actually have the chutzpah, if you will, to actually create a series and a show and to tell your team that we're going to show the good and we're going to show the bad, but we're going to, it's going to be a great show, you know? And, and it's funny because like my team knows that they're going to be celebrities when they come to the social media marketing world, <laughs> you know? Right. And they're excited right. about it and they love it. And it's, it's, it's just, it's unheard of to do some of these kinds of things. And that's exactly why you can be successful because this stuff is not rocket science. Um, this stuff really works. It's just all about providing exceptional value and being who you really are. And surprisingly, people are interested in that stuff. That's the part that shocks me. What am I missing? Yeah. What am I forgetting? What else do we need to, to know as far as evangelizing and marketing ourselves, or have we covered it? Well, look, here, here's a couple of things that I do. Uh, there's one particular activity that I do 
pretty much religiously a couple of times each month. It might drop a little bit if I'm very busy or if I'm on the road a lot. But one thing that I've done for years, and the more I do this, I want to preface this this little strategy or tactic here. And it doesn't matter whether you're running a business or you're working for another company or an agency or whatever. You can do this to build your own personal brand. I want to preface it like this, though. The more I do this, the less other people do it. Mm. And that's where the impact lies. Okay? So bear that in mind. The more you do this, the less other people will do it. And that's where the real impact will lie. So a couple times each month, I sit down and I write out thank you cards, long form, by hand. And I send them to customers, suppliers, Twitter followers, Instagram you know, commenters, whatever the case may be. And... I've been doing that now for probably close to about five years or so. And we have these postcards, just postcards. So we don't need envelopes or anything like that. Just postcards with my logo at the top in the middle on one side. And I can I can write as much as I want on one side and then I can use half of the other and then we've got the address on the other side. Like a traditional postcard, basically. And I've been doing this, like I said, for years. And it always, always makes somebody's day when they receive it. And I get pictures tweeted at me and messages sent to me via email all the time from people that have received these cards. I even do it at live events. So let's say, for example, I meet somebody for the first time over coffee at, at the, you know, the Starbucks at the convention center, or maybe I'll meet them on, on the boat one night, or, you know, possibly I'll sit next to them in a session and we'll strike up a conversation. I'll ask them, what hotel are you staying at? It's not stalkerish. It's just being kind and, and inquisitive. What hotel are you staying at? And I'll make a note of that, a mental note, or maybe I'll jot it in my phone quickly or whatever the case may be. I'll write that handwritten postcard. I'll go to the concierge of that hotel and I'll say to them, I don't know what room Mike Stelzner is staying in, but can you please make sure that he gets this before he checks out? I'd really appreciate it. I usually drop the guy five bucks and walk away. And I've been doing it for years, Mike, and people comment on it all the time. And like I said, the longer I do this for, the less other people do it because I could just be sending an email, but I'm keeping it old school. And I think that's a huge lesson for people when it comes to personal branding overall. This is nothing new. It's been going on for decades. And sometimes the old ways are better than the new ways. Well, and I will tell you, if anybody watches the journey, we have this big wall of thanks. And these are the cards that we've received that we put up on this big glass wall and they're there forever. So, you know, people keep that kind of stuff. Well, Chris, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for dropping all this amazing knowledge on us. Why don't you tell everybody where they can grab your brand new book, Youpreneur, and spell it out for everyone and then tell them where they can find out more about you. Sure. So it's Rise of the Youpreneurs, Y-O-U-preneur as an entrepreneur, why are you preneur? You can get it at youpreneur.com forward slash book, or just go ahead and search for it on Amazon. And if anybody's got any questions or want to fire anything at me, I'm at Chris Ducker on all the, all the socials. Chris, thank you so much for joining me and sharing all your wisdom with us. Now, it was great to be back on, man. I had a great time. I always do when I chat with you. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast. If there's anything that we mentioned, and you didn't capture the notes, don't worry. We have it all for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 292. By the way, if you have not done so, I'd love a rating and a review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. 
And also, if you're new to this show, hit that subscribe button so you do not miss a future episode. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.